going to recording in progress with, with our uh, briefing session appreciating that uh, we've managed to join early this morning uh, and the team uh, legal team and the research team just to take uh, members uh, on the brief uh, on the issues that are emerging from the all the hearings we've interacted with the public uh, oral and the written submissions secondly we'll then have to subject this uh, uh, we've subjected the report to the uh, uh, minister and his legal team uh, to comment on the uh, submissions we have received and then members will may raise issues uh, in that uh, committee meeting just for clarity and we'll then end the meeting at that point um, as our program has been outlined on how we're going to deal with this uh, 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 report um, to, to today is not to deliberate uh, on the issues uh, the committee but just listen to the comments of the ministry and the team on the amendment bill <laughs> then we'll then uh, as adopted revised program uh, move forward on the issues that uh, itemize so we requested uh, uh, mr Shongwani and Mr. S. Adam Salmon, uh, who is currently on leave, but uh, the Mr. Shongwani will lead. He will start now until uh, we'll give him 15 minutes to give us a brief note, which already we have as members uh, of parliament and legal team. Then uh, we'll uh, break at uh, 10 to 9, or 5 to 9, Mr. Matunzi. To allow, uh, yeah, 10 to 9, 10 to 9, so that we allow members, uh, the ministry, and other stakeholders who have been invited to attend this uh, briefing. Then, uh, yeah, that is our approach uh, to, to this uh, briefing. After Mr. Shongwan has taken a brief, if members need to raise some of the issues, uh, you will raise quickly. Uh, even if it does not respond uh, at this point, uh, will then get another opportunity to uh, 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 respond or deliberate on that. I'm sure you may not have thorough uh, uh, authority on some of the legal issues that may recite with the legal team of parliament that are still coming to brief the committee. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm welcoming you, Mr. Shongwani. You can take us into brief. Now it's uh, 8.33. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson, and good morning to all members of the committee present. Uh, I was trying to switch on my camera so that you see that I'm present, but I'll request to switch it off because my network is not so good, Chairperson. No, no, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome, Mr. Okay. We only need your uh, we only voice in the presentation. <laughs> Yes. So, so uh, with with our discussion, Chairperson, yesterday, you requested me that uh, briefly I take members of the committee with the key issues that has been raised in the in, in the public in the public hearings. So, what what, what I've done, Chairperson, is that uh, I, I tried to go through clause by clause on the issues that have emerged. But before I get to the clause by clause issues on, 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 on what has emerged, it is important that we remind members of the committee that 
we had two public hearing streams, one in the inland and one in the coastal streams, Chairperson. And then the teams was divided into two. But in total, Chairperson, in the inland stream, in terms of the attendance, the people who attended the public hearings, it was uh, 1,965 the people who attended in the inland in the inland provinces and we have received 438 submissions and out of these 438 submissions in the inland stream chairperson 267 were, pe were people or submissions who said they agree with with the amendment with the amendment bill and 172 people didn't agree with the amendment bill. And then in terms of the coastal streams, Chairperson, uh, the people who, att who attended, it was, uh, it was 1,518, and then only 172 sub oral submissions were received. And out of the 172 submissions which were received, 122 oral submissions agreed with the amendment to, to, uh, to, to the electoral amendment bill, and only 50 submissions said they do not agree. So in total, in the nine provinces, Chairperson, 3,483 people attended the, the, the public hearings. And out of these people who attended the public hearings, we have received uh, uh, 610 oral submissions. Out of the 610 submissions and majority of the people, which is 389, supported the amendment to the electoral bill and only 222 rejected or did not support the amendment bill. So that's, that, that's, in, that's in terms of the attendance and those who support and those who do not support. So now swiftly I'm going to move briefly to the clauses which uh, okay clause by clause and then i'm gonna there's some clauses which i will elaborate on what with the issues on clause number one chairperson is the clause that deals with definitions uh, there were no major issues in terms of the definitions the only key contestation here is the there's a the uh, on, on clause one on the definition is a definition in terms of what constitute a region so so the contention here is that the region, in terms of this definition, it confuses the region in terms of the geographical boundary. So, uh, so, so here the suggestion is that the term region should be redefined so that it speaks to the context of the electoral amendment so that it doesn't confuse the voter with the geographical boundaries. Because at the moment, when you speak of a region, you speak of maybe Tswane as a region or Sidibeng as a region, but it's different in this respect. But other than that, there were no major issues. On clause number two, which amends section 27 in respect of submission of the list of candidates, there were no major issues on clause number two, and also on clause number three, there were no key issues. The key issues emerge on clause, uh, on clause number four. Chairperson, the clause number four, part three A, and here it deals with, uh, it provides for the nomination of independent candidate, the requirements and qualification for independent candidate to, to contest elect, elections. The major concern here was on part 31B, 
and it reads as follows, a, prescri a prescribed declaration signed by an independent candidate confirming that he and she has not been a member of a political party for at least three months preceding the date of the nominations. So here yeah, there were two schools of thoughts in terms of this clause, Chairperson. Uh, the first school of thought, it is the one which supports this, this amendment as is here, yeah, saying that three months is a is a reasonable is a reasonable period as a cooling off period, but those who support this view, they also say actually three months should be extended to be, to sometimes to six months or to one year, and the reason for them to say three months is, is not enough, they argue that members who lose contest within their political party structures, they then leave and then want to see themselves as independent, register themselves as independent candidate, mainly because they've lost political contestation. So this school of thought is of a view that this candidate or these people who, because they've lost political context in, within their own political parties, they, they are not genuine representatives of the people because now they want to go and say they are independent candidate, mainly because they've lost internal political uh, processes within the party. But the opposing view within this clause, it's saying three, the three months cooling period is fine or should also be reduced to just one month. And their reason for this is that, uh, and for the sake of this uh, conversation, Chairperson, please allow me to use examples of the three biggest political parties in, in, in the country. Maybe I'll use the ANC, the AFF, and the DA. So in terms of the example here, they argue that, for example, within the ANC, if 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 members of the community or particular community have have have, have, have said Pagamile from one, they want Pagamile from one to be their representatives in the ANC, for example, and the party does not agree with that, then the party forces their own preferred candidate, which is not a preferred candidate of the members of the community. So therefore, they say Pagamile should then be allowed to to leave the ANC or the DA or the AFF and then register as an independent candidate because the, the party which he belonged to does not want him, they force their own people, so this, their own person. So this is the second school of thought in terms of the cooling period, Chairperson, of the three months. So in conclusion, in this regard, is that the, the three months period, those who, who support the view, they say, yes, it is fine, the three months period is fine or should be increased to, to even uh, at six or one year because of the reasons what I've said. And those who, who, who do not support it, they say three months should also should be, should be reduced. In, in the same clause, Chairperson, in terms of the... Uh, allow me to. Okay, I've dealt with the with, with the cooling out period. Okay, so there's also a an an, an issue of, of the of the long ballot paper, chairperson. That uh, if we allow everyone to participate as an independent candidate, there's a potential that the ballot paper is it, it will, will, will be very long, will, will be very long. And the measures which are proposed, are, are, are proposed mainly by political parties is that the IEC should set the actually the entry boundary to be very high. And some suggest that, for example, the EFF has even put a number that at least 20,000 
20,000 signatures are required for one to register as an independent as an independent candidate. Because if if you do not have, and this will be a show, a show, a show of political support, and anything less than that will make anyone or chance takers, to use their word, to register as independent candidate, which will make the ballot paper very long. But the opposing view in this regard, they say, no, everyone should be allowed to contest elections. And the 20,000, which is proposed by the EFF and supported by other political parties, it's uncalled for. It's uncalled for. It should be a minimum requirement in terms of the, of the, of the, of the signatures, which is required for one to to say uh, I'm an independent candidate. They argue that it, the voters are the ones which, which, which must reject the people in, in the ballot paper. And then they say that the IEC will introduce innovative measures to make sure that the ballot paper is not, confu is not confusing to the voter, including introducing electronic voting so that you do not have a potentially very long ballot paper chairperson. Uh, uh, and then on clause number five, there were not many issues. Let's say there were no contestation, there were no issues. And in clause number six, there were also no major issues. And also in clause number seven, there were no major issues. In clause number eight, this way there was issues. Clause number eight provides for the return or the forfeiture of the deposit to provide for the commission to refine to an independent candidate. So it's, it's so this is it's about the uh, the non-refundable deposit fee, which is payable by independent candidate. So the first school of thought support this amendment as is. They're saying actually the the, the deposit fee should be set higher so that there is no chance takers. So that uh, and it should be non-refundable. This was supported mainly by all the political parties, which which made or members of the political parties which made sub submissions to say the 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 deposit fee should be non-refundable and should be set very high. The opposing view in, in this clause, they the, those who oppose this clause, they say the deposit fee should be set very low considering the unemployment rate in South Africa and the economic conditions. They argue that if the, if the deposit fee is set very high, therefore you are leaving the political contest to be the terrain of the elite, those who, who have money. And ordinary South Africans will not be able to participate in electoral processes because they will be, they will be prevented to do so because they will not be afford, they will not afford to pay a high deposit fee. So they argue that yes, if you can have a, a deposit fee, but set it taking into consideration the economic conditions of the country and that it must not be exclusive of the rich. That was a uh, clause number eight. On clause number nine, Chairperson, there were no major issues, and also on clause number 10. The, on clause number 11, that's where the main issue was, because this clause deals mainly with how uh, seats how votes are translated into seats in the National Assembly and in the provincial legislatures, 2%. And then I will limit this also to, to talk about the two schools of thought that emerge in terms of, of this clause. Uh, the first, first school of thought, Chairperson, supports the amendment as is, that, uh, it, that half 
of the seats should be reserved for political parties, and then half of the other seats should be contested by independent candidates, including members of the political parties that can contest for the other 200 seats. And this school of thought is saying this is the best way to do it in the, because it will allow uh, it will allow the Electoral Act to continue with the principle of the PR system because they believe that the, P, the, the proportional representative system is the best system to, to be inclusive of everyone in the country because this is the system that will allow the participation of what we call minorities, so to say. It, it also allows for gender representation as well because if you left it to, to voting it, it, and then you remove the PR system, you, there's a potential that you might have a parliament where minorities are completely not represented in parliament. So this is the school of thought that support the amendment as is now. The second school of thought is, uh, 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 does not support this amendment as is now because their view is that in, in the context of the, of the current 400 seats in the National Assembly, they want the 400 seats in the National Assembly to be equally contested by everyone. So they mean that, so in their view, it means that we must, or the, uh, the, uh, the Electoral Act must adopt a constituency-based model where each and every seat in the constituency is contested by independent candidates and the political parties' representatives equally so. Meaning that if I were to use Cape Town as a constituency, for example, a person with four seats, so it means all political parties and all independent candidates must equally contest for those seats. If it happens that it is representative of the political parties that win those four seats, so be it. If it happens that it is member or it is independent candidates that win those four seats, so be it. So in other words, their view is that in the 400 seats in the National Assembly, whoever wins the seats wins the seats. There shouldn't be seats reserved for political parties. Because in their view, as is, this clause is biased towards the political parties, Jefferson. And then uh, I, 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 I must say that uh, the, some have even threatened that should this clause be as is, it will be unconstitutional because it won't, uh, as is, it does not allow for equal contestation by anyone who wants to contest for the seats because it reserves seats for, 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 for political parties. And they argue that the studies have been done and they argue that the parliament should follow, the, they should adopt the Fanzain Slabed report and the Muntate report in this regard, because they said in their view, it is the one which will equally represent people in the, in, in the National Assembly without reserving seats for political parties. Another issue that, uh, that emerged on those 11, percent it is the issue of vacancies. Uh, of, of the seats of independent candidates. And here also there's two school of thoughts. Mainly political parties, they argue that the seats of independent candidates should not be replaced and should on, only be replaced in the next cycle of election. Meaning that there shouldn't be by election to replace a seat of an independent 
a, a seat of a, of an independent candidate in between elections. And they have and they 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 their their reasons for this is that it will it 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 it, it will make governing difficult because because if there's vacancies, it means all the time there must be elections, and which will make governing difficult because political parties now have to focus on campaigning instead of governing. And then the opposing view in, with regard to the vacancies is that vacancies left by independent candidates should be filled immediately so. The same way political parties are allowed to fill a vacancy should one of their members resign or pass away. So in terms of it, now how it works is that the political party will just take from the political party list and replace that their candidate, uh, the, the, the candidate who has left the, 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 the seat. So they argue yeah, those who want the, the vacancy of an independent candidate to be filled immediately, they argue that maybe the second, the second person, the second independent candidate in terms of in terms of vote numbers, should be the one who's now assumed the responsibility of the seat, or they should be by elections, the same way you have by elections in local government, Chairperson. Yeah, so uh, my presentation ends here, Chairperson. These are the key issues that have emerged across all nine provinces, and they are similar everywhere. So the points which I've raised here are the issues which are mainly the emerging issues, which I, in my view, the portfolio committee will need to deliberate more on them, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, just quick, uh, the, the report took uh, account on the written and oral submissions. The, the, the presentation which I've done now, Chairperson, it accounts only on the oral submissions. Reason and and, the, and maybe these are administrative issues. Uh, the report is, is is done by the committee section, so I wasn't involved on the I wasn't involved on the on the on the on the, on the return submissions, and I didn't get chance to to go through it as you were uh, well informed that I was informed to do this presentation yesterday. So I wouldn't have done justice on the other side. Hence, I decided to concentrate mainly on the oral submissions because that's what I've been involved in. Oh, okay. Oh, um, do you, uh, sorry. <laughs> the oral submissions, you also include the second and the third match or the only public hearings. Public oral here, provincial uh, public hearings. Provi so this presentation which I've done here is provincial oral public hearing. Okay, noted. Uh, Braedi, you'll, 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 you'll admit members at 9 o'clock. No, no, all the uh, stakeholders at 9 o'clock. Um, members, that is a report of the provincial uh, uh, oral submissions. Uh, I know that... Uh, Adams has done with the the entire reports. Um, I think it's good that you have received this draft first. We'll, uh, as you're going to interface in a program, uh, they will come back and also input on the on the some of the issues that you could not improved. Uh, can I get a comment? Not necessarily comment uh, if there are issues. Uh, I doubt at this stage members will have issues on the to raise. Uh, until all the reports have been presented by Home Affairs, uh, legal team, uh, content advice, 
But let me not, uh, let me get uh, Honorable Pile, Honorable Ross, Honorable Gazelle, uh, Coach, Honorable uh, um, Molekwa. I'm sure that uh, the parliamentary legal team may not want to comment at this stage, but they will advise. Quickly, uh, uh, we're left to five minutes. Pile? Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Let me first send an apology on behalf of uh, Honorable Ekwase, who's going to join us late. Um, Chair, for me, I think it's just to note um, everything is clear and, and we're able to then proceed or move on with the process because we are going to get the oral submissions, responses, we are going to get uh, written submissions, and then we can then consolidate because there are, a lot of the things are overlapping. At this stage, Chair, I just want to appreciate it and say that we note this report and so that we move on to the next process. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Ross? Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Um, I, I may have missed the Chair, um, but my understanding is that some of the written submissions are still not included in the report. Um, so I just want to get an understanding. Um, I think I missed it, but uh, how will those be included and then when will, when will that be, when will we deliberate on that? Okay. Honorable Maleko? Thank you very much, Chairperson. As Honorable Brandon, uh, Pile, and Rios have said, we really appreciate the support and appreciate the briefing that has been presented, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Lizzie? No, thank you very much, Chairperson. I think the report is an accurate reflection of what we heard at the hearings. Um, so I'm fine for now and also appreciate the um, brief that we got. Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, thank you. Quickly, um, Matunzi, just briefly on the stages of our discussions. Hi, Chairperson. Yes. You stand briefly on the stages of the revised program quickly. Are we not going to, Chairperson? I thought the agreement was that we are going to do the revised program after the department has uh, briefed the, the, the the committee, because that reverse program, it was presented last, uh, in the last oh, meeting. Yes. Yeah, okay. with the committee. So we'll do it at the end. No, thank you. I wanted just to, uh, I think, uh, to, to, to respond to Honorable Ross. I think that will respond to uh, uh, Honorable Ross. We're going to deal with the outstanding reports uh, that have not been briefed in this meeting, but they've been consolidated, which all members have received the detailed report. Um, but as we, we, we are going to still have to receive a report from legal, parliamentary legal services and the content advisor, and at that time, then we'll invite, deliberate, uh, uh, invite the IEC, and then uh, we'll able to further deliberate on the process for legal team do you need do, i don't think at this stage you need to comment good morning chairperson not not at this stage chairperson yes yeah no no that is my understanding okay uh, thank you very much um uh, we're now going to break for committee at, uh, at nine o'clock uh, thanks uh, member thanks uh, uh, mr shongwani you must uh, get up with your team, uh, Salmon and the team, and the team that were doing the research. The committee will invite yourselves again uh, to deal with the entire uh, reports as we proceed with our our deliberation. We have to see how we, we extend time now that uh, we're going to focus only on this matter of the electoral amendment. 
on the briefing by yourself, the research team. Thanks very much for the efforts taken and thanks very much to the legal team for continuing and attending to this matter with us. Uh, this uh, briefing session is now, uh, we're left with two minutes. Mr. Matos, thank you very much. Thank you, Chair.